is I always ask clients, what are you, like, what style do you want? What's your budget? And have you selected your appliances? Because really that lays the foundation for the what I call the mass equation. If clients haven't done those things, I encourage them to do it before I go and see them because really they're wasting my time. Hey, you guys, that's Carmen Hansberry of Carmen Hansberry Design out of Perth, Australia. And we are going to get into how we deal with our clients today. Carmen deals with high-end remodels, which means high-end clients. So it's all about red flags and strategies today. And me, I'm Mike Kinoki, general contractor here in Fairbanks, Alaska, where I've been running my contracting company for the last 17 years. I want to thank all the listeners out there in the 65-plus countries for all of your reviews that you've been leaving and all the post your stories on Instagram. It's really helping spread the show. Thanks so much for that. Let's go on with Carmen for this brief but informative podcast. And if you're a first-time listener out there, just want to give you a heads up that the sound on this show is not the best in this episode, but that might be because I'm all the way at the end of the road in Fairbanks, Alaska, and she's all the way over there in Perth, Australia, okay? All right, let's roll the tape. And you can, as you probably know, you can probably spend up to two, three hours before you know it in someone's house and walk away with none, being none the wiser in the park. So when you gauge them, you suggest fixtures and finishes based on their personality, the way they live, um, their budget, and then like then you can consider colour. And then that way, when I've considered all those things, then, yeah, I feel myself I've done justice. Sometimes I show them work that I've done, but I don't really want them to be influenced too much by what I've done. Like say you had a client and you sent sent them to me, I'd prefer the client to deal with me direct because when a builder or a contractor actually engages me but doesn't let me meet the client, it's hard for me to gauge what the client wants, the direction and stuff like that. Client gets their best work is when a designer and a contract, like a builder, work together in synergy and you can see the love between them in a work way. But then there's no issues on site, no stress. And yeah, that's what we want at the end of the day. So if a client wants to go and shop around, I'm like, go, go shop around, go and do it. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be here when you get back because it's like a, a first date and I could get there and I could sense that you are not the right fit for me. Welcome to the Contracting Handbook Podcast, a podcast for how to run a small contracting company. Whether you're a general contractor like me or a trade contractor, starting fresh or been in business for years, here's all the stuff you never knew you'd have to know before you started your contracting business with the man who's seen it all, your host, Mike Kinoki. That's me. Hey everybody, it's Mike Kinoki and I'm back with the Contracting Handbook podcast and I'd like to introduce my very special guest today, award-winning interior designer, Carmen Hansberry of Carmen Hansberry Design. And I'm fortunate to get her on my show as she has been ranked in the top three interior designers in Perth, Western Australia. And she just has stellar reviews wherever you look online from both her clients and other contractors who have worked with her, whether it's on House, Facebook, the Google, and you can see her incredible work at Carmen Hansberry Design on Instagram. 
So without further ado, hi, Carmen. Nice to see you. Hi. Wow. Hi, Mike. How are you? You've done your research. I'm highly impressed. Wow. Well, I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed with your work. You're and everybody loves you. Well, yes. Basically, I don't know if you run your business like this, but because I work so much and I'm a freelancer, my clients tend to become my friends. So when you're passionate about what you do, um, yeah, that's, that's I guess, why. I, I would die, me personally, if I got a bad review. So, yeah, um, I just, my work is my passion. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would, yeah, I would hate to get a bad review myself. I, and I, I can relate to that becoming friends with your clients. That's something I want to talk about eventually here in this chat today. Um, so how long have you been, how long have you been doing interior design? So I've been doing this, I'd say about 23 years. I've been out on my own for eight years. Um, and that's something that I left a corporate job doing specifically kitchen design um, a little while ago, but now I actually contract back to them as it happens. So, yeah, we'll keep everyone happy. But, um, yeah, about 23 years I've been doing this. 23 years, eight years on your own. You've been dealing with your own clients for quite a while now. So in in my recent topical non-interview episodes, I've been talking about client cold calls and first time uh, site visits with clients. So tell me, do you have like a a criteria to help you determine whether you even want to start talking to a potential client? Yes. So in my mad, crazy ways, and I really should get this out and write it down, but it's all in my head. I have specific questions that I ask clients. And the number one thing, because people come to me and my micro niche and what I do here is um, custom cabinet design. So I'm a trained interior designer, so colours and everything like that come by the buy side. Um, is I always ask clients, what are you, like, what style do you want? What's your budget? And have you selected your appliances? Because really that lays the foundation for the what I call the mass equation for me to be able to do my work. If clients haven't done those things, I encourage them to do it before I go and see them because really they're wasting my time. So you ask them to have... Decisions made before you even come over because they're either not yeah. ready or they're a tire kicker and they, yes, aren't, they aren't serious. And you can, as you probably know, you can probably spend up to two, three hours before you know it in someone's house and walk away with none, being none the wiser in the past. That's what I've done. And I'm like, you're wasting my time. So what I try and do, and I make it kind of sound like fun, I'm like, I've got some homework for you to do if you haven't already done your homework. And so from that, um, I get them to start thinking about it. And if I tell them to go to places if they don't know their style, like like Pinterest, and start a Pinterest board because if they can't articulate into words what they want to achieve by getting those, like, pictures and putting them all together, then there'll be a common theme there. Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Or house or something like that. Yeah. Well, how do you, how do you do it? I try to just get them to look at things online, get their own ideas going. And sometimes I show them work that I've done, but I don't really want them to be influenced too much by what I've done before. Cause I don't want to repeat things either, yes. you know? Yes. 
but I, I stay away from design more now than I used to because, because I'd rather have them talk to a professional designer than, uh, than have me be their builder and designer because I, I've got my hands full already. And I, I like being told what to like from a designer, what they want. Because what it is as well, from your point of view, and this is what we're getting in Australia, is a lot, excuse me, a lot of builders actually come when a client like yourself, like say a client goes just to see an independent builder and they don't know what they want, builders send me to the actual client so we can get a plan for them to implement. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, you don't want to be wasting time that you can't even charge for trying to bring the project together and be, yeah, I guess not 110% sure that that's what they want. Absolutely. Um, so do you have a preference of working directly with clients or do you work with contractors a lot? Or do they bring clients to you? How does that all work for you? So um, I prefer to work, yeah, clients that come to me directly is always better because then we have a more personal um, relationship. And from that, my best work I can do. When there's um, sometimes a builder that, like, say you had a client and you sent, sent them to me, I'd prefer the client to deal with me direct because when a builder or a contractor actually engages me but doesn't let me meet the client, it's hard for me to gauge what the client wants, the direction and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, my, my question, my kind of following question for that is, you know, what value does having a contractor add or is it just a hindrance because, you know, we're just in the way? No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I have yeah. like some amazing contractors and they are the ones. So once we got that plan, then the, having my fabulous, amazing contractors, if they are perfect in my eyes, then when it goes to implementation and actually going to site, then I don't get bothered. And then it means that I don't have to waste time answering questions. Do you understand? Uh -huh. So when you have a really good contractor, if I've done all my documentation or my CAD work or my specifications, all those things, A plus for the client and they've approved it, it's a matter of giving that information like a handover to my contractors and it should work in synergy and they should know exactly what they're doing, no questions, and I shouldn't have to hear from you. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Um, I, and I, as a, as a contractor, the more that I do this, the more I just want to farm out the work and take all the credit. Because that's, that's, that's what because that's what contractors do, right? No, but um, uh, no, I really like group efforts with with designers and architects because. Well, that's when you, people get the best work. When a client gets their best work is when a designer and a contract, like a builder, work yeah. together in synergy, and you can see the love between them in a work way, but then there's no issues on site, no stress. And yeah, that's what we want at the end of the day. Absolutely. When you are meeting with new clients and you get a sense that maybe they're shopping around for designers, not just going straight to you, how do you persuade them that you're the right choice or do you just cut them loose? I encourage them to go to others. <laughs> this sound really bad, but I actually encourage them. If they want to shop around, that's fine. Because like, yeah. Uh, for me right now at the moment, um, and I don't know how it is in Alaska, but because after COVID, um, people haven't been going on their holidays and stuff so much. They're spending so much more time and money at home. The building and renovation industry here in Australia is the biggest I've ever seen in 23 years, even during the boom, everything like that. So if a client wants to go and shop around, I'm like, go 
always shop around. Don't do it. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be here when you get back. Yeah, that's a great place to be. That's a great place to be in your career. And you want to just work with the people who want you. And you know, if you yeah. and if you, if that if you're at that point in your life, it's fantastic because you well, just I don't want to do, do work, good work. For someone that yeah, I don't want to do work for someone that doesn't want me. That's at the end of the day. If you don't want me, well I don't want to do your work. And I'm not gonna about to beg for you. So yeah, that's that's what my my philosophy is that way you probably put it. Yeah. Yeah. And we are also, uh, we, uh, are also experiencing an incredible building boom and we had it going through COVID too, where I live, uh, for a number wow. of reasons. Well, we have a lot of, we have a lot of military moving in, uh, expansion of bases and stuff. So it's, it's sucking up a lot of residential market and we have a lot of inventory of houses that were built during the pipeline, the Alaska pipeline era, when our oil pipeline was built in the seventies that aren't really people are sick of buying these houses and paying tons of money to heat them because they weren't built properly and oil was, and heating fuel was cheap then. And now it's not. So it's just kind of changed the game. So there's a huge demand for new homes here and remodels. Oh, wow. well, yeah. I, I, yeah. And I, you know, I used to think that, you know, I'd had, I, I had a full schedule all the time because my, because I've got a good reputation, but now, you know, there's just not enough help. There's not enough builders in my town anymore to do all the work that's being required right now. So if you live here where I live and you're not busy, it's either because you're not marketing yourself or you're not, people just don't know you or you, or you're not good. But even, yeah. I mean, anybody can find work right now. It's incredible. And so, you know, I'm, I'm working with clients. I want to, I'm working with a lot of repeat clients this year too, which is awesome. Because it's your friend. Yeah, they're known entities. Yeah, I know what to expect. They know what to expect, and we just do the work. Yeah. So. And there's a, a level of trust as well. So the fact that they've come back to you, they know your quality of work, you always deliver, and basically, yeah, like there's not that stress trying to get to know each other sort of, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about finishes. <laughs> <laughs> so what does finishes bring to mind for you? So because going back to what I micro niche in again is cabinet work, just by default, not because I chose it that way, but I fell into micro like high level detailed cabinet work. <laughs> Finishing for me is, yeah, cabinet facings and bench tops initially, but then you have follow on soft furnishings, all that fun stuff afterwards, paint. Yeah. What, and then I guess, I guess I was kind of going back to the banter we had going on all week. Uh, leading up to this interview where we're talking about clients and them not being ready and you're all we're always waiting for them to choose finishes and and that's that's mm -hmm. the trickiest thing and I think one of the trickiest things in this business is keeping them on top of that stuff I'll just show you what I do and why I'm always like I can't finish my work until basically you've done your work. So see, this is just a set of plans. See? Uh -huh. And up the top we have all uh, all our cabinet finishes, bench tops, flooring tiles and stuff like that. And see how it's all marked on the plans? Yeah. How am I supposed to finish the plans you want me to give to the builder to quote if we haven't selected our finishes? And as you know, the actual finish can go from budget to luxury so there's a big price difference in between i'm not being sarcastic at all <laughs> yeah 
it's mind-boggling how many times people are like, I want to go to the builder. And I'm like, but you can't because we, what are you, what are we quoting on? You probably get it from like your point of view. I want to price fit this out or do this building. But you're like, well, what do you want to finish it in? How long is the piece of string? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'm in a market where people call you in the same year they want to build a house and they haven't started thinking about any finishes and they're selecting while the house is going up. And then I have to check everything because yes. not everything fits. Not everything would that's, look good, you know, and that, that's a, that's a recipe for, you know, for design that, that I won't like want to put on my website, you know? Well, yeah, or, because basically you, things won't flow. And right. because they've been selected in haste, unless they're supersonic and can picture things amazingly in their head, which is some people can, um, yeah, the, pretty much 95% of the time will look like it's just been thrown together. Yeah. And your, work could be your work could be A1. Your carpentry could be spot on. But, like, if they've gone and put a pink um, something next to a red, it will just won't flow. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely one of my pet peeves with people. And I, I try to keep them on a schedule with choosing finishes and uh, try to direct them. But it's, it's better. That's why I like working with someone who's worked with a designer or architect because they've gotten some direction already. They've gotten schooled a little bit because yes. a lot of because people don't always take it seriously. They don't realize how important it is that oh. this, that you have all this stuff for, ready for your design before you start the project. So, you well, know, I'm, I'm pretty sure sometimes people think it's just bluff and fun. But yeah, because I get into the high detailed parts of the build. Um, yeah, it's frustrating when people don't don't select it. And then they select it and then it's, um, well, when are my plans going to be finished? Like I need to be done ASAP and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's welcome to my day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so your, your job requires that you have a lot of <clears> – <throat> excuse me, a lot of confidence in your creativity and your style. Uh, it's incredibly personal. So yeah. do you ever doubt yourself? All the time. But basically um, what I try and do is, because I'm an empath myself, I only realised this a few years ago, I think that in that first meeting, it comes back to that first meeting, where you gauge what a person's like because you have clients that want to be outlandish with you and then you have conservative clients. So when you gauge them, you suggest fixtures and finishes based on their personality, the way they live, like if they need like easy cleaning materials and stuff, um, their budget, and then like then you can consider colour. And then that way, when I've considered all those things, then, yeah, I feel myself I've done justice and I, when I suggest something yeah but I do second guess myself all the time I'm only human mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah I think that your work is is more it's much more personal than mine because I I'm I'm really just putting the pieces together assembling and directing and I do have some creative input and you know I, I give some creative uh attributes or concepts to a project sometimes, but not nearly as much as you do. Uh, but you're so, like the conductor in an orchestra. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So you're making the beautiful music and conducting all the trades and contractors what to do. So if you don't do your job as a conductor spot on, then the implementation, you're the most important person in the whole thing, really. That's why I see it as a builder. If you don't do your job properly, you don't project manage, you don't employ the right trades and they do inferior work, the whole project can fall down. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the timing is, yeah, being that coordinating everything is incredibly important. And that is, that is my number one job really is just coordinating and making the calls. Um, when do you, when do you decide to cut a client loose? Like if you had to let people go or, you know, I can feel that from the, I can feel it going back to being an empath. I can feel that in the first meeting. And that's why people, and people, if they listen to this in, in Australia or Perth, maybe over in America, I never charge for my first consultation and there's a reason for that because it's like a, a first date and I could get there and I could sense that you are not the right fit for me. If I've taken money off you for that first consultation, then I'm trapped. So I don't charge for that. I come out, listen to your brief, do all of those things, and if you're the right fit, then I write a proposal and, yes, I've accepted you as a client. Yeah, the the client um, relationship is definitely like dating. Uh, yeah. And sometimes. So you that first date, you're like, no, no, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, but sometimes. But if I charge for that first consultation like a lot of designers do, well, then I'm kind of like trapped in my, in my mind. So if I haven't taken money from you, then no hard feelings. We've just wasted an hour and a half of our time. Absolutely. Um, so where do you draw uh, inspiration for creativity in the sense that it's another bathroom, it's another kitchen? And for me, for instance, uh, when I was doing tons of kitchens and bathrooms, I, I could it started to feel a little bit mundane for me. And that's also, you know, partially due to where I am with with uh, what's available and and the clients that are coming to me. But what do you do to, you know, keep inspired to keep doing these um, and then com sure. coming up with new concepts? So I always make sure that I'm always across all the new finishes that are coming out. And that's, that's, they come out periodically. So whether that I'm stalking it on Pinterest or Instagram or any of those sort of places, I'm always across specifically the new finishes that are available in Australia because America has amazing stuff, but we can't get it here. Give you an example. I had a client that wanted to buy a mirror from Anthropology. We can't get it like sent here to, to Australia at all. So it's like I have to be across Australia specific things. Then from that, um, yeah, just Milan, you know how like, I don't know if you're across, there's a, a design fair for two years in Milan called Eurofacina where all the best designers of the whole world come together to a design fair and they, they showcase the new stuff. Um, because of COVID last year and this year, that hasn't happened, but it virtually happened online. So just being across those sort of things, which is the new design trends, but interior design is basically like fashion. So if we go back to, look what I'm wearing a turtleneck and like in 1970s, that's, was in the fashion. Do you understand how things come in a cycle? But then when the fashion comes back in with interiors, 
it's just slightly tweaked a little bit more. So, yeah, maybe I just, in my crazy way, if I'm not making sense, I just come up with things in my head <laughs> as I laugh. Oh, that's cool. I, yeah, uh... I'm getting talking about design. I'm pas- like, I'm passionate about this stuff. So, like, yeah. <laughs> and essentially what I'm saying, what I was saying is probably good that we got cut off. I'm just crazy. And that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's how I sell myself because most of my work is referral. I don't really do any... Um, yeah, marketing it all. So when people, I guess, are referred, they're like the crazy redhead that just keeps talking. That's perfect. Like that's a madman. That's an excellent, <laughs> excellent angle. Um, though your, though your, your social media presence is awesome. Um, when oh, I, you. I went to your, uh, I looked you up and got to your link tree. You go there and you have four choices. Go to house. Go to it's really Basically, cool. Basically, like your hub of all the things, the links yeah. to things online. Yeah, yeah, that is that is such a great way to get in front of people. And it, yeah, so definitely, you should. That is something that I think most people should have in their Instagram as the because you know how you're very limited with what you put up the top. So that way, it just if a person clicks on that, then they've got access to absolutely everything rather than you have to choose, should it be my website, should it yep. be my or link, LinkedIn or, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, I got schooled. I thought I was good at this. And then, yep, I learned something new every day. That's a good, that's the thing about this business is you're, you're always learning new things. Definitely. <laughs> as, long as, Definitely. As, long, as long as you're open to it. Yes, yes. No, because things are changing and new innovations and new machines and new everything. So not anyone can know everything. Yeah. You know, I, I, in terms of your work, one of the things I wanted to say is I really love all the, the large format court stuff that I'm seeing. Like, I don't, we don't have access to some of the stuff you're doing at all. And it is. Sorry, there's a company called Constantino, which you do have in America and they do, um, Silestone, which is a reconstituted stone, Decton, which is basically um, a large format porcelain tile, like what you've seen, yeah, and natural thing. But yeah, it's it's something that's getting huge here in Australia because of no grout lines and cleaning. But yeah, you, I'm pretty sure most people you would have it in America. I'm sure. Well, I think I think where I am, it, we're we're pretty limited with uh, yes, like the yes. pictures you posted recently. Um, where your walls and floors and One everything is, yeah, it was, it's, it's really cool. That and no really grout lines in the shower. Like yeah. imagine, cause I'm look, cleaning, like cleaning hands, they're old yeah. hands, but you can tell that I, I'm OCD about cleaning bathrooms. So when I specify, I always think about to the client, minimal cleaning has to look beautiful as well, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the less maintenance, the better, because we have we all have enough to do when we come home from work, and no one wants to work yeah. when they come home. You just want to exactly, exactly. Back. I don't have all that energy I did when I was. Otherwise, you end up with hands like me. <laughs> um, so what is your what what would be your message to the world? What do you what do you want to tell people about yourself? Um. Oh my God, I don't know. Um, my message to the world. There's lots of things to create. Interiors are like art and basically um, art is at the eye of the beholder. So there is a lot of space and a lot of areas to create 
stunning yeah artwork within the space you live to make your life amazing does that make sense in a way yeah well thanks for that yeah no hey, thank you yeah and 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 thanks for joining me today i'm gonna i'm gonna let you get back to your day i know you got a lot to do it's a friday where you are you're in the future you got to get on your hoverboard yes. and and well, hoverboard it, that's right <laughs> and wear clothes from back to the future um so yeah i've got my hoverboard under my arm excellent um yeah thanks so much for joining me i appreciate it and uh thank you for having me it's so beautiful that you um from all the way from alaska yeah i'm i'm very yeah thank you for having me great um okay well i'll call you when i get over there one of these days and we'll do lunch or something and talk more about design koalas and yep, squeeze koalas. <laughs> okay, thanks. Take care. Thanks. See you later. Bye. Hey guys, just letting you know I wore a tie for this interview. I can't remember the last time I wore a tie. I wore a tie for this interview. I haven't worn a tie oh, since. You look, you look very smart. Thank look you. Very, very smart. <laughs> hey guys, today's shout out goes to Jasper Antonio Duran. Prime and General Contracting out of San Diego, California. Jasper, thanks for your support on the show. And you guys can follow Jasper at Builds by Jasper on Instagram. Thanks for listening today, you guys. If you found value in the content, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, a rating on Spotify, or if you're in the Android world, a rating on my website. Alternatively, Take a snapshot of the episode you just listened to on your phone or a picture of it from your car stereo and post it on Instagram and tag me in your stories. When you leave a review, tell me where you're reviewing from and I'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Thanks for listening and whatever you do every day, remember at the end of the day, it's your legacy. So build a legacy that matters. That's all I got. Later. Later.